What's up, man? And welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of your hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening? And we've got Brandon Meller in studio with us today. Thanks, guys. Glad to be back. And I just realized that on our last episode, if you guys just tuned in and listened yeah. to that, I did not introduce any of us. You did that's not. Fine. I didn't I know who you guys were the entire just, podcast. I and thought it was a new thing. I was going to I was gonna go with it. I'm like, that's actually good. I like, like it. Because I get tired of saying, like, what's happening? Win. What's yeah. up? What's happening? Introduce yourself. Yeah. You do say what's happening every you time. Do. No, I What's change, up, guys? That's what he says. I, I say, like, hey, yeah. hey, but I don't want to yeah, say, yeah. like, Fat Albert Fat, over yeah. <laughs> That's immediately what came to mind. So I only have, like, a couple. So I'm actually glad you cut it off last time. Yeah. And so I was like, I like this. And then you went back to it. So I'm back to like, what do I say? Just changing it up. Well, we're here to talk about forgiveness. And we're trying, you guys, if you've been listening to this show, you know, we always kind of try to have some on ramp to talk about, right? Like, getting into the show to get you guys listening to kind of so that we're not just going immediately for the guttural of the serious, right? So we were talking about this and I'm like, how I don't I don't really have an on ramp. So we were thinking maybe Brandon should just punch me in the face yeah. live on air and then ask for forgiveness and I need to forgive him. You would have everybody. to. You'd have I couldn't to go continue through. the podcast if yeah. I didn't, right? <laughs> this would be this would be one of the the most listened to podcasts, I think. It, it would it would have that that knowledge. That draw, of like, yeah. yeah, you want to hear this? A guy it, punches like, his pastor. Like, listen, you can hear the actual punch. <laughs> yes, boom! Like his yeah. glasses yes. hit the table. Yes, yeah. yeah. We're not going to do that. Okay. I, I was um, at my son's baseball game the other night, and I'm, I occasionally I'll film him batting, and he got beamed so hard that if you watch back on the video, you hear the smack. Ooh. It was it was crazy. Did he drop the bat and just take he, off we, with the mouth? No, he, 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 oh, okay, it took not, it, Yeah, I thought about that. Age, but okay. I was like, you gotta forgive the you gotta forgive the pitcher. He didn't mean, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Because there's that anger, you're like, yeah, ah, you know. That did, hurt. Yeah. But, yeah. but the question is, Dad, did you forgive the pitcher? Oh, I forgave him, yeah. yeah. I, I can't believe those these seven, eight year olds. How can I can't believe they can put it across the plate every time anyway. Right. Like, but I'm I surprised kids don't get hit. You stop recording right then and there, so we don't have evidence that you We don't have evidence I I will show you guys the video out when we're done, though. Of, of beating. Yeah. yeah, that that ball. Forgive on. the pitcher, though. You know, yeah. forgive the pitcher, even if you meant to do it. Hundred mile per hour fastball. Well, forgiveness, man. You guys, uh, if if you're alive and have a pulse, have been put in a situation where you've had to forgive somebody. And uh, I know for for me as a pastor in doing counseling, which we do a lot of, this is one of the the main issues that confronts us in the counseling office is forgiveness. And I think one of the main reasons is is it's hard to forgive somebody. It grates against our pride. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good, especially when we feel like, well, man, justice hasn't been done. I haven't gotten my pound of flesh for what they did to me. And yeah. so how are, wh- why should I forgive them right now? Um, and it's, it's, it, it can be so difficult. I, it's uh, hard for us even. I'm sure, you know, Kellen and Brandon, it, it's hard for us in, in our marriages even sometimes to exercise forgiveness. And we're, you know, we know the commands that God has given us to love our wives like Christ loved the church and, and to live with them in an understanding manner, which, Kellen, you just preached on, didn't you? Yeah. So you should be an expert on that subject. But uh, but why why else? Why is forgiveness so difficult for us? Because um, we want to see it, like, laid out for ourselves, and we want to be able to give that, that quote-unquote, pain back. Um, as many of you know, I, I work in HR, and uh, a lot of times when we do investigations and things like that, uh, and I conclude the investigation, I'm talking to the party that you know that that complained that something was done wrong to them, and and I say, you know what, we're going to take the proper measures, and people lose it when I say that because they don't get to see. They want to know, like, well, no, I want to know what's going to be done, and it's right. like, well, that's confidential. I can't share that with you, um, and that's not enough for them, and and I see that a lot, and it it kind of 
points directly to this. They want to know exactly what the pain is, exactly what the consequences are, so they can feel like, okay, that was just, and they can make the decision. Uh, And that's just in our nature and in our flesh to do so. And so when we have situations like this where God tells us to to forgive, and ultimately He's the judge. His right. wrath and His punishment, His judgment is 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 far worse and, and far more just than we could ever do. And He's calling us to trust in that. But you know, the human flesh, we don't believe that. We want to actually see it happen. Right. Uh, and just a quick other story. I, I remember this vividly because it happened when I was in the gym. And uh, what was that? Last year, I think Jeffrey Epstein, the guy that the sex trafficking, and he ended up, you know, committing suicide in prison. And people were devastated. They're like, "No, he got away. He got away. He he's not going to get the punishment he deserved." And it's like, "Oh, he is right because right. God's going to handle that." But people wanted to see, it, they wanted to see it live. They wanted to hear about it. They wanted to know that he was going to suffer so they can feel like convicted that yeah, it happened the Justice way I has wanted been done. to. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so we struggle with it. It's just in the flesh. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and. Uh, forgiveness, when we think about it biblically too, like, man, from a worldly perspective, you can forgive by just saying, yeah, okay, I forgive you. And really you haven't, right? And right. that's so much of what what we're dealing with in counseling is people that have said they've forgiven, but really you realize that they haven't. Uh, Jay Adams has a, a quote on what forgiveness biblically really is, and he says this. He says, forgiveness means no longer continuing to dwell on the sin that was forgiven. In other words, not letting that continue to dominate your thoughts about the person you're forgiving. Forgiveness is the promise not to raise the issue again to the offender, mm. to others, or to yourself. Yeah. Brooding is a violation of the promise made in granting forgiveness. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean forgetting immediately then, but it does involve a commitment not to raise the issue again. Biblical forgiveness also involves the promise to avoid holding the offense over the offender's head, the promise to tell no one else about it, and the promise not to dwell on it oneself. Brandon, what are, are you know, you think about that standard of forgiveness. Man, how do we, what does that look like? Even? Yeah, that, that is so hard, right? If you just kind of hear that quote and you think through that as, as fallen, you know, human beings, uh, yeah, you could forgive somebody or think about it, forgiving your spouse, right? Uh, but the next time something happens or there's a disagreement or something, you're going to go back to it's that coming. again. You're, right. You can't – this isn't like a men in black situation where you got the little thing where it erases your memory, right? Then, I want that for the counseling office. That'd be great. That'd be so <laughs> great. helpful. Things hey, would be look over here for a second. Yeah. You'd be efficient yeah. with time. Only yeah. counseling yeah. session was Done. two minutes. Right. Done. Right. Done. What happened? I don't yes. know. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, but you, you just can't. You can't block that out of your memory, especially if it was something that was a, a bigger deal and something right. that was more you know impactful and memorable, those kind of things. And, uh, again, it, it's our problem. Right, we're going to go back to that. It's like, yeah, well, remember last time? And and someone's like, well, you forgive me for that. I don't understand why that's coming back up again. Right. And I'm sure we've had it happen to us as well, too. Where we're like, I thought that was... I thought that was done. I thought we had gotten past that. And, and so for us, we just have to figure out how do we block that out? How mm-hmm. do we make sure that when we are genuinely forgiving somebody, that that means I'm not going to bring this up two, three weeks, a month, a year from now. Right. And that's not an easy thing. We have to be in prayer about that. We need to be going to God with those requests and asking for help to do that. We can't do it our, ourselves. Uh, and And... Ultimately, it goes back to the beginning. When we do forgive somebody, we need to actually mean it. This, right. this can't just be lip service, right? right? This isn't done just to, yeah, 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 honey, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, let's just move on. No, this has to be meaningful from the heart, uh, and that can maybe help stem some of the issues that might pop up later. Yeah. Yeah, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13 about our love for one another, and one of the things that he talks about there is what Brandon was just saying there, is love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, when you forgive somebody and you love that person in forgiving them, 
then you're burying that. It's gone. It's not going to be drugged back up again the next time that you guys have a fight or the next time that you did something wrong to justify that. You know, the, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. Um, in fact, there's an interaction in Matthew chapter 18 between Jesus and, and Peter, and it's somewhat comical initially because Peter comes up to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, mm-hmm. how many times do I have to forgive my brother? It's just like, man, we want to know a number. So right. We can yeah. run after. Yeah. Right. And I just want to know who he's talking about. Like, I want to know which of right. the, the 12. Right, right. He's like looking at as he's yeah. asking that question. Something like, happens. So he, and he, want, he has to ask, yeah. How many, James how many keeps times? doing this, Jesus. Yeah. And like, you know, you grew up with him. Yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus' response, you know, Peter thinks he's, he's doing well. He's like, well, seven times, right? And then Jesus goes, well, no, not seven times. And seven was a number of, of fulfillment, a number of completions. So that would have been, Peter's like, dude, I'm doing well. And yeah. Jesus says, no, but 70 times seven. So there you go, man. 490 times, forgive your wives, forgive others 490 times. Keep an ad- active role. And then once you hit 491, it's I'm done. On, I'm on You're 392. Done. So You're on 392? Yeah. Counting, so I'm almost there. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> with, 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 with PJ, you forgive him 392 times? I thought it was of himself for being yeah. a fan of the Lakers <laughs> and LeBron James. Oh, oh no. Here we go. I forgive you, Kelly. The season is, you. is done right now. Can we? Hopefully, yeah. it might be still done. But His career team? No. And he's in, I'd say he's MVP. But 490 times, it's not about 490. It's about you forgive every time. Right. And that's what Jesus was driving at. 70, again, that number of completion, 70 times 7. He's saying to the fullest extent, mm-hmm. every single time somebody comes to you, you forgive them. And the, the, the immediate response to that in our flesh is, how? Yeah. Jesus, how can I forgive somebody like that? You don't understand what exactly. happened to me. You don't right. understand what, what if the, the worst happens to me? What if the most horrible thing happens? And Jesus anticipates that objection, right? And he tells this parable. I'm going to read it for you guys. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So guys, 10,000 talents. In our modern society, that's a, a, an amount that is insurmountable. If you went to work every single day and every single paycheck you got, you gave all of that to the person that you owed that money to, yeah. you still would not have been able to pay that debt back to that, that master, that king. And so he owned, owes him this, this enormous debt. Verse 25 says, and since he could not pay his master, his master ordered him to be sold in his wife and his children in all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring, pleading, begging the master, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. So now, men, we're talking about like two weeks worth of wages here, nothing in comparison. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay back the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master, the same one that this other servant owed so much to, summoned him, called him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have also had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, Jesus says, my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Mm. 
Man, what an amazing passage. Again, hard passage. But what's he saying here? Jesus is telling this story. Kellen, what's the point of the story? Uh, One thing that even just jumps out at that, and when we talk about the point of the story, is like obviously, you know, God is forgiving us to the utmost by allowing his son to die on the cross for us as sinners, as enemies to him. So there's just nothing that surpasses that. But I thought what was interesting about this text is you have the guy saying, he says the exact same words, have patience with me, I will mm-hmm. pay you everything. Mm-hmm. And it says, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him. And right after that, the same, the, his servant then says the same exact thing to him. Right. So you would think that would dawn, like, hey, I just said that. Like, right. th- th- my words exactly, have patience with me. And you would think it clicked, but it didn't. And he still went after him of like, it doesn't matter. Like what you did to me is different than what I was forgiven for. Right. And we, uh, we oftentimes act that same way as we look at, uh, and, and you, I hear that the most is like, well, you just don't understand. God, does, it doesn't matter about the situation that we're in. There's nothing that surpasses what God did for us mm-hmm. in forgiving our sins. Because the second that we start to justify our situation, then we start to think that we're a little bit more holy or we're actually good people, um, more so than, than God sees us as wicked. And on our best day, we're nothing but filthy rags. And so I, I think we have to understand that piece of it and, and know that no matter what situation we're in, it's, it's going to be tough. And, and yeah, your flesh is going to say, like, you, you deserve better or you, you deserve to be mad for this situation. But God, at the end of the day, is saying, like, there's nothing that you can do to even come close to what I've forgiven you for. And you were an enemy of mine. And right. so we have to keep that in, in mind and, and understand that. But yeah, th- this, this specific parable is interesting because it's the exact same thing. Right. Um, and we, we do that all the time in our life. Right. Brandon, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just, I, I think about that. And obviously, you know, many of us will never be in a situation exactly like this, but just what a, what a unbelievable visualization of, of things that we can relate to, right? Yeah. I mean, how often do we not practice what we preach, right? We, we can forgive some people or, you know, and have that and we're like, all right, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But then the second we're wronged, we hang on to that, and yep. it's just it's a different it's a different mindset. Um, so yeah, I just I think that just the practicality of it of understanding that forgiveness is a Christian doctrine, right? I mean, we receive the ultimate forgiveness right. from you know Christ's death on the cross, and so how can we go about our day as Christian men and not do our part? To live, to live that doctrine. I, I mean, that that's the definition of our of our entire faith in 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 Christ. You know, in, in what that meant to die on the cross on, on our behalf. Right, and really, it comes down to when we refuse to forgive, we've got a perception problem that's that's two sided. Number one, we don't understand that when we refuse to forgive somebody else, what we're essentially telling God is, my standard of holiness is greater than yours, God. My standard of justice is greater than yours, God. You may have been able to forgive them. You may have been able to forgive me, but don't ask me to stoop, to condescend, to have to forgive that person because I need my pound of flesh. I need to be justified. And so we have this perception problem that that we are holier, that we are more justice, just, that we are more righteous, that we deserve uh, more in the terms of, of recompense than, than God does. And that's wrong. And then the, the flip side of that as well that comes with that perception is we don't understand the depth of our depravity that God mm-hmm. has forgiven us. You know, we might say, okay, yeah, I understand Jesus died for me to forgive my sins, but we don't understand just how much 
uh, of, of a debt against God we owed because right. of our sins. And we look at somebody who ripped us off, right? Who, you know, stole money from us. Or we look at our spouse who did something, you know, to us that, that we don't like. And we're angry about that. And we think, man, that's way worse than anything I ever did to God. And you may never verbalize that, men, but when you refuse to forgive, mm-hmm. you are telling God that. Yep. And that's why he ends so strongly there when he says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Because if we don't forgive, then it's what it unpacks and what it reveals is we don't understand how much we've been forgiven. And if we don't really understand how much we've been forgiven or have an appreciation at least for that, then really we can't expect that we are, are, are really truly in Christ. Um, we may be on the outside. We may be liking the benefits of Christianity, but when you are are truly a believer in Christ, you are overwhelmed by God's goodness and his graciousness and yeah. his mercy and forgiving us. And I think this even goes all the way back to Genesis. Like when we think about the serpent and how they, how the tendency is to misconstrue God's word. Of, Did God really say that? Mm-hmm. And so in our mind, when we think about forgiveness, like, did God really mean your situation, though? Like, yours is different. Yours is more important. So that's the one exception. And oftentimes we go to that. It's uh, in our minds we think, well, yeah, he was just talking about in general we should forgive, but, you know, my situation with my wife or or my coworker or my friend or my family member is, you know, if I had to talk to God, he would understand this. Right. And God doesn't give any exceptions here. And uh, that's the tendency, and that's constantly, constantly what we have to fight against and, and pray against to understand that there's no exceptions here. Right. There's no God, God wasn't fuzzy on what he said. He was very clear um, on his messaging of forgive, right. period. Right, right. And, and so a couple of practical thoughts for you men uh, who are out there. Maybe you're, you're in a situation where you're listening to this going, okay, yeah, this person in my life, I need to forgive them. My wife, my kids, my coworkers, my boss, my neighbors, my dad, my mom, whoever it is. Just some thoughts on, uh, on practically how to think through that and even gain some motivation there. And the, the first one is just what we've just now been talking about, un- understanding and dwelling on thinking about how much God has forgiven you. Um, Romans 5 is a great place to begin that. If you read the opening part of Romans 5 and Paul's description of who we were when Christ died for us and realizing that, that God die, died to, to forgive us our sins in that state and in that context, not when we were running to him, not when we were deserving, not when we were uh, lovable, but when we were quite the opposite, we were unlovable. Um, and that's when Christ came for us. So remind yourself of how much God has forgiven you. And then secondly, remember uh, and remind yourself how God has forgiven you and the, the nature of that forgiveness. Brandon, uh, Psalm 103.12 there, it, it says, do you have that pulled up there? Yeah. Can you read that for, for us there? Yeah, Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I, I mean, think about that, from the east to the west, spanning the entire globe, as, as far as, as one can reach, you know, here is a God that despite us being unholy, despite us, uh, you know, being these sinful people that, uh, you know, we, we've we've had Christ die on the sins on our behalf uh, to offer that that ultimate forgiveness, something that you can't even comprehend. There, there's no earthly com- right. you know, comparison to that. Right. So here we are as Christian men living in that. If we are in Christ, if we have repented of our sins, shifted our, our, our mindset, our, our trust, our faith to God, we are that walking forgiveness and, and, and experiencing that. And, and 
the least we can do, like I said, is is to live that and to show that to our brothers and sisters. Right. There's a song out there called His Mercy is More, and one of the lines on there is, he's cast our sins into a sea without bottom or shore. And it's that same concept, the, as far as the east is from the west. Man, if you start walking east, even if this were possible that you could walk around the entirety of the globe, you would always be going east. You would never get to, to a place where you're going west. Now, if you start going north on our earth and on our globe, you're going to eventually crest the top and you're going to start walking south, right? But as far as the east is from the west, those two never, ever, ever meet. And so that's as far from us as, as God has removed our sins. And so when you think about your wife, when you think about your kids, when you think about your, your coworker, your boss, your mom and your dad, whoever it is, when you say, I forgive you, you're doing what God has done for us. You are saying, I'm going to bury that and I'm never going to bring it up again. I'm releasing you from this feeling of indebtedness and obligation to me, and I'm separating your sins from me as far as the East is from the West. And so we need to remember how God has forgiven us. And then the other thing is we need to remember the nature of truly the the sin that has been committed against us, because it's not primarily about us. If you all remember, Psalm 51 was written by David right on the heels of his sin with Bathsheba. And so if you remember that story, man, David is, is at home, he's not at war, he's not out where he should be. He goes up on the rooftop. He sees Bathsheba, this naked lady, bathing on the rooftop next to him. And rather than fleeing from his lust, he hangs out. He, he begins to engage in these thoughts about what if, and I, I want her. He sends his, his soldiers to him, his servants to, to her house, and he brings her back to, to him, and, and they sleep together, and she becomes pregnant. And then he brings her husband home from the front lines to try to deceive him into thinking the baby's his and set things up. And the husband is more righteous than David was. Even drunk, the husband is more righteous than David was uh, in that instant. And it, it doesn't work. So David says, fine, I'm going to have to kill this guy. He sends Uriah back to the front line. He sets up the, this, this conspiracy with his commander there. Uriah is put on the front lines. Everybody at this command except for Uriah falls back, and Uriah's murdered, right? That's where David is. Nathan the prophet comes and confronts David and gets David to, to realize, man, my sin is known, and, and first and foremost, my sin is known by God. And David prays this in Psalm 51.4. He says, against you, Lord, he says, against you, you only have I sinned. Man, think about that. I just ran through 30,000-foot view of all the different people involved in David's sin, all the different people that David sinned against, and yet he writes in Psalm 51.4, against you and you only have I sinned. Why? Because David understood that sin is primarily first and foremost a sin and offense against God. Here's what that means for you, men. The sin that has been committed against you, that you're sitting there wrestling with, how can I forgive that? is ultimately, first and foremost, not a sin that offends you, but a sin that offends your God. And so we need to have that same mindset to say, against God and God only have they sinned. Yes, it impacted me. And yes, maybe forgiveness needs to be sought from us. Mm -hmm. But you need to be concerned more so with their standing and their relationship with the Lord. And if God is there standing ready in Christ to forgive their sins, we need to be ready as well to forgive their sins. Because that sin, again, is first and foremost a sin against them. So, men, wherever you're at, in whatever is, is pressing on you, the, the burden, the thing that, that you're wrestling with, saying, man, I, I really just don't want to forgive that, man, I, I pray that you'll consider these, that you'll spend time in Matthew 18 in this parable of the wicked servant, that you'll understand and dwell on how much God has forgiven you and that you will be driven and motivated in turn to go out and to extend a f- forgiveness to those that, that need it in your life right now. Um, it's a biblical command, men, and it's, it's a, a stout command. It's one that, that God 
anchors to our standing with him that if if we won't forgive that we can't also expect that that we in our in in turn will be forgiven mm. is this a work that needs to to be done to earn our salvation no but if we truly are saved we'll understand how much we've been forgiven which will in, in turn drive us to be uh, men who forgive others as well so men we'll be praying for you towards that end this week as you seek to apply god's truth in your life.